Hello and welcome to Sports Best Friends Stories, a podcast that is throwing me headlong into dreams which I am overwhelmed are becoming a reality. Sitting patiently at the other end of the phone line is a man who played over 240 first grade games. He represented both New South Wales and Australia and was named in the Bowman Tigers team of the century. He's a childhood hero of mine and when I publicly post pictures of the littlest tiger on social media, I cover my baby's face with this man's young face. Welcome, Tim Brasher. Thank you. Wow, that's uh, <laughs> that an intro. Thanks, man. I, I uh, do spend way too much time at work uh, researching rugby league stuff, and it was a pleasure to do that, um, looking into your recent life. In fact, we got talking through LinkedIn. Do many fans find you and harass you like I did through that website? Uh, LinkedIn's good because it, obviously it's it's a business website, mm. but um, and I, I must admit I got my last job through it. Uh, oh, brilliant! After doing a um, accounting and bookkeeping uh, cert four, I uh, put it on LinkedIn and uh, pretty much got a hit straight away from uh, someone who knew someone who knew me. Yeah, and uh, it got a great job uh, with PKF uh, Booksmart, their accounting uh, bookkeeping arm yep. in uh, Newcastle. So after jumping on Seek and basically going for every job known to mankind and uh, <laughs> getting nothing. Yeah. But it uh, just shows you LinkedIn is uh, very good. Yeah. But no one harasses you. I'm the first person then. I feel terrible about that. No, you are the first. That's oh, right, wow. Yeah. Okay. Congratulations. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, now, according to your profile, as you said, you're an account manager at Booksmart. Do you find that you're as good with your numbers as you were with your feet? Uh, well, I was probably better with numbers way before I was good with my feet. Really? I was, a, I was always a numbers guy. I I basically, if it wasn't for rugby league, I would have went straight into accounting from school. And in fact, I did go into accounting from school. Wow. Uh, after the, the grand final in 89, 1990, I went in and uh, three weeks into the course, um, the girl sitting next to me was wearing my jersey, number three, Balmain. <laughs> and the uh, the lecturer put Para to win on the, on the chalkboard. So I said, I'm out of here. No, that's unreal. I can't believe yeah, that. So, uh, yeah. So I, I got out. I wish I'd stayed because I actually that that stage, you know, we, we all we had time. We only trained in the afternoons, but uh, in hindsight, I, I did more training, bit of extra training, and got better, and that probably yeah. helped my football career. So yeah, right. Yeah, it is what it is. Are <laughs> you? Are there many similarities between accounting and football? I think there's similarities in business and and life in general and football. Right. And uh, you know, I think basically to uh, to aspire to be good at anything and, and reach the top of anything, whether mm. it be business sport or whatever it is, uh, you have to follow the same principles. And that's, you know, hard work mm. gets you everywhere. So the harder you work, the luckier you get. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay. Now, thinking still about accounting, of all the players that you played with, who would you not trust to do your uh, taxes? <laughs> oh, most of them. Gee whiz. <laughs> um, no, there's, there's a – oh, wow. A lot of our guys, I remember when we were at uh, – we you know, first played, managers first started coming in mm. and uh, – now, a few of the guys I played with, uh, Will Robinson, uh, we played schoolboys together and then we played at Balmain together and uh, his accountant had to drip feed him money out of his own uh, bank account because yeah. he, he couldn't be trusted himself. So, you know, old buddy, he's a champion, but uh, just you know, <laughs> couldn't be trusted with his own money. So Yeah, right. It's, it's uh, yeah, that's one thing I think they, they teach them more now is uh, life skills and uh, obviously um, they have more, the clubs have, you know, accountants and lawyers and what have you helping out uh, pre-season to teach these guys, you know, when they do get – and some get paid very well and what to mm. do with it. And I was just lucky I came into a team, the Tigers, full of legends who'd been there for a long time. And guys like Gary Jack, Ben Elias, Blocker Road, Ciro, 
Mm. Yeah, they told me what to do with my money. They said, buy a property. And I did. And I'm so grateful for that. Like, yeah, right. You know, and, I, and I was a bit of a tight butt. You know, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't like spending money. Yeah. So uh, I, I did save well. And, uh, you know, I, I, I thank God for that now that I, I actually did. But uh, I definitely attribute that to coming into such an experienced bunch of guys who are, you know, just great at, at helping me out. Now, do, you, do you think that, that those time in which you would work and and play ended up setting up those people to be better at life than, than players who ended up having to just, you know, all of a sudden just play, earn a huge amount of money, and then they're, they're chucked out at the end of their career and they've got to almost start again? Absolutely. I think uh, when Super League came in and guys started being full-time footballers and getting paid uh, pretty good like money at, mm. at that time, yeah, mm. um, I think that the because the infrastructure wasn't there to educate these guys. There, a lot of the guys just went out and blew their money straight away. Right. Turn up, turn up in a flash car instead of like thinking about it, investing it, maybe getting a tax break on the money as opposed to buying a car and blowing or spending more on tax. Um, I think it took a while for the rugby league to realise that. And now there are things in, and education in place for the guys. Yeah. But no, I think there was a, probably a gap of, you know, probably 10 years there where, right. uh, you know, guys were just blowing money. Yeah, they needed a block of roach at every club, not to help with their forwards, but to help with their accounting. There you go. Um, now, yeah. let's go back to 89. You started your first career, as you said, in 89. You were still in high school. How hard was it to care about school while we were while you were building up to one of rugby league's greatest ever grand finals? Oh, it wasn't that hard, actually. I had a, I had a great mentor at school, uh, Jan Davies, and uh, she actually helped out Freddie Fittler as well. Wow. Uh, she she helped me get into the school, uh, John Paul II Marion, and, uh, you know, without... Without her, I wouldn't have HSC, but she just was like a mother to me. And uh, now she actually was an English teacher. And during Studevac, I went overseas and the end of season trip with the boys. And I uh, came back and she actually read my uh, history uh, textbook yeah. and taught it back to me in three days. And I got 70 out of 100. Shut up. Yeah, and then she actually loved it so much, she became a history teacher as well. <laughs> so was she done through the – was she through ARL? No, she was a teacher at my school. Oh, so she just she just saw that you were taking time out to do football and, and took it on herself to make sure that you you got it done. She's right. a great lady and helped me out and is still oh, a great right. friend now. Wow. Uh, so uh she's an amazing lady and like you know, you can ask you could ask Brad Fitler about her as well. He's yeah. come around and get get tuition as well. She's amazing. Wow, what a job. Okay, and yeah. so so Bowman made the finals again in nineteen ninety, but then we didn't make it to another postseason until the merger. What happened? Mate, I, I played that grand final eight nine at school thinking, and we lost, and I, I was upset, but I thought, oh, I'll get there again for my first right, year. Right, right. I played that semifinal next year, the next year. I never mm. played a semifinal again. That's, that's crazy. <laughs> so uh, it just shows you how things can happen. I'm doing this thing, a gig tonight with uh, for Second Origin and um, with uh, Samin Gillespie, who's, I think, played five grand finals and won three of them. So, yeah, what yeah, do you yeah. Do? And with three different teams, I think, if I remember. And, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, at least two different teams, Canterbury and Manly, yeah. Oh, so, right. Yeah, yeah right. so that's, that, that really makes me upset. <laughs> but, I mean, the team, because you had an incredible career during that time. I mean, you were selected for um, game three of the Origin in 92 and then played in the next 19 Origin games in a row, which is an incredible yeah. free. So what was in, the... Injury. Uh, injury free. Like, that's, I mean, uh, injury free during those games. It's just insane. So, yeah, no, I think I, I found out when I got up to, um, I live in Newcastle these days, and uh, I got up here and that, I'm trying to think who it was. He retired, and they, the stat came in the paper that he equaled my record. I didn't know I had a record. The record was uh, <laughs> we, yeah, we both played a hundred. Our first 
first 100 games of first grade in a possible 101. Wow. And the one I missed, I was I had a cold, actually. It's no not way. Good, it? I had a cold. <laughs> yeah, wow. That's yeah. an incredible so stat. That, and so how do you how, – I mean, how do players go about finding out about stats? They don't have someone telling them about them? I just assumed – no, you'd have to read about it, I think. And I, I found that out by just him retiring and then, when it was in the Newcastle Herald. <laughs> well, that breaks my heart. Because you'd think if someone's just about to break a record, I just assume that the player knows about it. Or, or once they've broken it, you know, they, they come yeah. off and they're... I think maybe certain records like, you know... All-time point scorer. Yeah, mm. point scorer, stuff like that for sure. But not, you know, insignificant records like, you know... Not 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 being injured, playing your first hundred games. It Tim, was, that's but not, like, like you said, in Origin. It was uh, it was amazing run, and I just loved it. We had a great team, and obviously we're winning Origins. That certainly helps keeping the team yeah. together. Yeah, yeah. And, and not getting injured, obviously. But uh, then, obviously, I got injured in '99 and missed that series. Yeah. But it was great to bounce back in 2000 and, and get a man of the match. So it was uh, it was pretty cool. And I'm not letting you get away with calling that record insignificant. That's an incredible record. Now, um, what was the biggest change you saw, though, in those origin years from 92 up to 2000? Um, I suppose that the the 10-metre rule definitely changed. Yep. Changed it. Um, but the, the pace is always on. Like, probably my first taste of really origin-style football was at 89 grand final. That was one of the fastest five-metre rule games I ever played in, yep. um, which was great because it was a fast track that year. Um We'd had a lot of rain and it turned into a dust bowl, the uh, SFS. But um, Origin, like, it was just, it was like, I always say to people, jumping from first grade to Origin is like going from under-21s into first grade. Really? Like, it's just that much faster. Mm. The, the fitness levels, everyone out there is a great player. Uh, the skill levels, that much higher across the board. Yeah. So it, uh, it was just so much fun to play with, you know, guys like that. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of knew if you're hitting a hole, like, the ball's going to be there because yeah, right. the guys inside you have seen it. Yeah. You know, as opposed to sometimes you play in club footy and, uh, you know, you're running through holes and no one sees you. Yeah. Sees the gap so you don't get the ball. But with Freddie and Laurie and Joey, they just had a knack of putting that ball on my chest, which mm. certainly helped. So, thinking of that, I, I love talking about New South Wales, but just one quick look at Queensland. Which Queenslander do you remember worrying about, worrying about what would happen if they broke into the backfield? Um, oh, really anyone with, uh, who could step and had pace. I wasn't worried too much about the bigger guys. Yeah. The bigger guys try and run over you or someone. And I know I'm as fast or if not faster than them. So I could, if worse comes to worse, I'd run beside them and catch yeah. up to them and <laughs> yeah, get yeah. them side on. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the guys that had pace and a step were always the toughest. Okay. So, you know, um, like guys like Dale Shearer and, uh, um, you know, Julian O'Neill, if he got through. Yeah. Uh, so, uh. My trick was uh, early on the tackle count was definitely be up close to our guys, chatting in their ears, telling them where to go. But then if someone broke the line, I'd snuff it out straight away before they had time to uh, yeah. get in the clear. Yeah, right. Okay. Now, from our eight Origin series you were involved in, we only lost two. So what yep. was so successful about New South Wales, other than obviously you being there during that period? Yeah, we definitely had a um, a, a good crew. Like, we, we really didn't... Uh, Changed too many players. Our guys retired and here and there, and uh, so guys weren't getting dropped really. Right, so it was right. uh, we had the core of, of the team from when I came in, in in that last game in '92. Who are you thinking of uh, when you're talking about that? Who who's that core that you can kind of remember? Oh, you know, Ricky Stewart, Laurie Daly. Right. Uh, we had Ciro, Benny, uh, blocked. It was early on, but then we, you know, you, you guys like Ian Roberts. Mm. 
We had Brad Clyde. Like, we just had a great fall back then in the back line. We, we had E.T., Wishart, myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mullows came in on the wing. You know, we just had a great, you know, uh, like I said, um, Brad Fittler was there the whole time, Laura Daly. So we had between those probably eight guys, was, all of us were there pretty much, if not playing on the bench. Yeah, that whole eight years. Right. Yeah, so we didn't change too much. Only an injury here and there, you get one guy come in. So I mean, it's we, a, had, we had a great crew. It's incredible to think now that we have so much infighting about the halves, and yet you look at those replays, and we've got Freddie having to play lock or Joey having to play hooker because we're so yeah. spoiled with the amount of halves we had at the time. Now well, look, we had twos. We had twos. Yeah, we had that's right. Stewart, we had Laurie and Freddie would go 5'8 and change and centers, centers every now and then. But yeah. You know, they talk about guys playing out of position, but like, you know, I was I was a centre at the time playing fullback. Mm. Et Et was a centre playing wing. Mullows was a fullback playing winger. <laughs> yeah. But it worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just worked. You know, like uh, I don't know, it's, it's amazing. Now we're talking about those blokes. Uh, any of those guys that you would have, uh, if you can only pick one from that Origin teams that you played with, who would you really want to have taken back to the Tigers if you could have? Oh, I love. I, I played schoolboys with Freddie, so. Uh, you know, Freddie and I, I don't know, I just had a knack and he just read me well. And, yeah. you know, if I called something, I, I know we played a test match over in, uh, over the World Cup in 95 yeah. against Fiji in the semifinal. And uh, as a scrum, about 40 out. And I said, Freddie, just kick it straight behind their locks. So we won the scrum. I told him to kick it straight behind the scrum and I'm going to chase the other side. And first tackle, he kicked it and we scored. Yeah, right. And uh, Bozo ripped shreds off us. <laughs> what are you doing? You, you won't do that against, a, you know, like a, an England or whatever. Yeah. I, I said it was on. The fullback just played in the line. He didn't. He wasn't really defending all the fullback, so I just called it, and, and Freddie trusted me and did it. Yeah, right. <laughs> so that's the kind of knack we had uh, together when we played together. And, uh, you know, we started at schoolboy level, and we took it into into grade. So uh, definitely, yeah, I'd, I'd take Freddie along with me. And so we asked Greg Florman the exact same question and he came up with the exact same player. And so that's really interesting that he, because he called him a genuine game breaker where it didn't matter what was oh, happening or where absolutely. he was playing, he could make something happen. And I mean, yep, it, it, I definitely. hate I hate talking about this all the time, but it's, I mean, he's got to be up for an immortalness, you know, in 20, 30 years then, right? Or You know, I'd put him before uh, a lot of other guys are talking about. Yeah, really. Is it just because yeah. he's too soon? Do, you know, do they need to give it more air before they pick someone? Oh, like I, I don't think he's too soon. It's hard. It's it's very contentious because there's so many, uh, and they've got to be fair about it too. Yeah. Uh, Criteria-wise, it's it's tough because you got guys like there's so many guys out there that were legends of their time, but um, and the guys before we even knew, like you know, you have to see old footage and you still it makes it hard to, to determine like who was good yeah. and who wasn't. But uh, you have to go on people that are alive back then and watch it happen. Mm. But um, in my time, yeah, like there's a, there's a few, but Freddie's definitely up there. Putting his hand up, that's for sure. And he's still coaching now, right? So it's really difficult to kind of also split his career while he's still kind of having a career. So maybe maybe we just need him to, yeah, at least. Oh, I think yeah, I think he'll get it one day. Yeah, well, I hope so. Um, yeah. Now, look, let's let's go back to the Tigers. They currently exist as a merged club, the West Tigers. What's your feeling towards the club? Well, I know it's tough because they're, they're kind of uh, west of almost – Taken over the club these days with, uh, you know, they have the majority of the money, the mm. the board and what have you. But, uh, you know, I'm not involved in that. So, I, you know, I, I'd hate to see the Balmain side of it go, yeah. the Tigers. But uh, when they first merged, you know, 
I'm a West Junior, so I, I was Western Suburbs mad. Yeah, my right. favourite player was Tom Veronicus. My uncle was <laughs> a masseuse in the sheds, and my cousin was the ball boy for Western. Wow. I used to go to Lincoln Oval every week and watch the game. So, Unbelievable. Yeah, so we used to, we used to have barbecues. And I, had, I had John Donnelly and uh, Les Boyd over. So I was wow. a kid, and I was like this crazy little kid who loved West. So, uh, and I played West until they moved to Campbelltown. I was signed on a scholarship at 15. And had to break that scholarship because I couldn't travel to Campbelltown. I was wow. too far for a 15-year-old kid. So my first contract was with Western Suburbs. And then you ended up playing for Barman and then they merged together. What a, yeah. That's romantic. So moved, incredible. So my club team, Bill United, became part of the Balmain district. Okay. And then uh, I had to choose. I moved out west by then. Yeah. I had to choose. Parramatta wanted me and so did uh, Balmain. And Benny Elias was the development officer and uh, told them to get me. And uh, wow. thank God they did because... Uh, you know, a year later, I was playing first grade. Yeah. And and obviously, you still follow the, the, the Tigers then? Absolutely. Like, the Tigers are yeah. my team. Um, yeah. you know, it's, 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 I'm kind of glad now I played for two or three teams because, uh, you know, if the Tigers lose, there's always the Cowboys or the, sun, or the Bunnies. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> yeah. There you go. And so well, that, so in that grand final then in, in 05, though, you can't yeah, lose. I was there. You can't lose. Well, I was then. there. I, I flew over. I was in Japan. I flew back and uh, – I was like, oh, well, I'll be in one shed yeah. after the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So well, it was pretty cool. Yeah, right. Now, now the NRL is in fantastic shape at the moment, but we had to go through some horrors of Super League to get there. You brought it up not long ago. In fact, your movements from the Tigers to South and then Cows was, is kind of really tied to that whole Super League story. Do you think the ends justify the means or, or could that whole thing have been handled differently? Oh, it was horrible. Like... Um... The, the Tigers thing was, uh, I'd actually, I agree that some, there's something that I don't know about that I'm sure the coach and the, and Keith Barnes know about, but uh, I, I was at Balmain at our uh, gym at, under the grandstand doing a workout. Mm. Got out of the workout, looked at my clock, said, oh, it's, it's just gone 10 minutes past or five minutes. I think about five minutes past, they gave me a kind of deadline to, to decide. And I, so I called and said, yeah, I'll take the offer. And um, I said, too late. So oh, I was God. shattered. I was on the golf course, a mate of mine. I was like, I had tears. I was done. Mm. I read on Wikipedia. Someone wrote on Wikipedia the totally wrong uh, description of what happened. But that's Wikipedia, isn't it? That's why yeah. you don't believe everything about that. But, uh, yeah, no, I was shattered. And uh, so in the end, I uh, what no one knows is that I actually, after that, it was done. I, I signed with Canterbury. Wow. So the Bulldogs had um, told Bobby Hagen, I spoke with him, and um, they uh, he was telling me that Super League and ARL were going to join back up. So I said, okay, I'll, I'll sign. And in the end, uh, had they hadn't joined up, hadn't joined up, and Souths got wind of I was off the contract. And then I had, in the end, I couldn't say no to another contract that it was, you know, very good. Yeah. And um, and Bobby Hagen couldn't guarantee me that they'd join up. Oh, right. And I, and I ended up going to South, and then a couple of months later, ARL uh, and Super League join up, and guess who makes the grand final that year? Mm. Canterbury. Mm. <laughs> and then so, South get, uh, and then South get booted. I mean, what are the odds? Yeah, that, you know, you, that's yeah. so unlucky. So it's you know it's, it is what it is. But like, the thing is, I think Super League was good for the uh, for rugby league as in a player's perspective because you know we started getting paid what we're worth. Like yeah. before that, I really think we we're underpaid. Yep. For what we did, yeah, and um, and it, it shook the rugby league up and made them realise, you know, you, you got to spend the profits on 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 your cattle, like whether guys out there doing the hard work. Yep. And I think uh, that certainly uh, changed the uh, 
you know, I suppose the lives of a lot of footballers and, and made it, you know, such a short career, a chance to, uh, you know, get out of it and uh, have something to set yourself up for life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you're going to, and it's such a special position that, you know, it deserves, it deserves some real rewards. So, yeah. I, I no, mean, it's tough. It's, it's a tough game. Yeah. <laughs> it's not yeah, easy. Yeah. No, far out. No, I mean, even trying to put a tackle on one person's hard enough, but putting on, doing 40 or 50 of them and then every single weekend, you know, it sounds crazy. And then trying to yeah. run afterwards. Now, look, look yeah. we're still thinking about the NRL and thinking about the current state we're in. If you could choose to anyone to go to a game with, who would you choose to go with? Someone out of the NRL? No, anyway, or anyone you want in the entire world. To go and watch a game with. Oh, wow. I mean, do you get to Newey's games? Do you, go to, do you go to Newcastle games now? No, not many. I go. I generally go to the Tigers whenever you got a mate who's got a box and he gets me up to the Tigers game. But uh, yeah, right. I'll, when my kids get a bit older, my kids are only uh, uh, four and six. So right. that if they get into football, I'll definitely go to more games. Yeah. But at this stage, no. But yeah, yeah. Um, who do I want to go to a game with? You know, I'm. I'm a mad golf golf fanatic. So yeah. for me, you know. Uh, I wouldn't mind taking my old mate Jason Day into uh, to an Origin. He's, yeah. a, he's a Queenslander. You know, I know when, I, when I was over there caddying, he was a young kid. He just came through, and we he was in our group a couple of times when I was caddying, and uh, we've got a pretty good friendship going. And I like him taking to an Origin game, and hopefully New South Wales win. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you better hope. Now, how did you get into caddying, by the way? Like how- uh, Terry Price got me. Like a mate of long story, but a, a, a friend uh, I bumped into. Um, who came over and I had a bar in Canada and he worked for me in the bar and he ended up caddying again with Wade Ormsby and he must have been talking about me over at uh, Q School and Price. He just came second at Q School and told told my mate Adam King, said he said, get, tell Brass to give me a call. He called me and I said, what's happening, mate? And he said, uh, what are you doing next year? I said, nothing. He said, <laughs> uh, you want to caddy? I said, yes. <laughs> that was it. Yeah, right. What a said, beautiful. Said, Malaysia in uh, March. I said, okay. Wow. So, yeah, that was awesome. I loved it. He, he, he was great. He, he taught me how to caddy. He kept asking me questions and seeing how I was uh, picking it up. And I, I was a, I was a nine handicap at times. So I'm not a bad golfer, mm. but, uh, you know, you, you realise that you know nothing really compared to these guys. <laughs> and what is footballers' re- relationship with golf? Because almost every footballer seems to have an Insta story about being on the links or Fatty's always telling some story about where he's been. Or There, there seems to be That's a real a connection. It's such a challenge. Golf is, you know... Unlike football, you can pretty consistently go out there and play good footy. Right. But even the best golfers can go out and shoot 10 under, then shoot 10 over the next day. Right. It's such a hard game. Like, you know, to master it is, is amazing. And to, to see what these guys can do out there, they're the pros, and like, especially cutting out there and seeing the best play, it's amazing. But, mm. um, you know, and the good thing about golf is also is that, you know, although we, we aren't pros and we can't play like them for a full game, we can hit a shot yeah. as good, if not better than them, at any <laughs> yeah. given moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? We yeah. can hold a shot from anywhere. So yeah. you can have aspects of that come out in your own game, whereas rugby league, you can't go and put a you know a little skinny dude in front of a, an origin pack and expect him to yeah, yeah. Uh, break a tackle. He's not. <laughs> he's going to get smashed. Yeah, yeah. So uh, there's things you can do in golf that you can't do in rugby league. So, yeah, no, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, it, I, it's by far and away the most frustrating game I've ever played. I, I, I do maybe four rounds a year and you do one sweet shot and you just try and think about it all day because you do the exact same thing over and over again and she disappears into the trees every time. So, And you know what? The better you get, the worse it gets because you start, you start thinking you're a good golfer. Yeah, that's right. And then you expect every shot to be good, but right. it can't be. Well, okay. And you're well, driving I'll... home from golf going, oh, damn it, that shot, that shot. Yeah. Oh. 
So you're encouraging me to just stay with the four a year? I will, thank you. Yeah, pressure. definitely. It's good fun at four a year. <laughs> yeah. Now, look, if I got to go to a game with anyone, it would be Bob Fulton. And he's one of those few players or few people who was an incredible player and a great coach. You told a very brief story about him tearing strips off you, but is there anything else you can remember about him in that 95 World Cup series? Winning, oh, winning World Cup series, I should add. Good luck taking bows out of the football and chew your ear off. Really? No, he's a, he's a good man, but he's... Uh, Oh, he's hard. Like, I remember my first training session I, I, in 92 World Cup, so I was only 21. My first, uh, I suppose, go Australian, play the Australian team. And I think I dropped the ball at training and, oh, he just ripped into me. Really? And, yeah, he's very, he's really, he's very sarcastic, Boza. And, uh, you know, you, you've got to have thick skin around him. If you don't have thick skin, he'll, uh, he'll eat you up. But uh, I, I like him a lot. You know, he was great fun. And uh, obviously, he took a pun on me and, and I, I – I uh, hope I uh, I lived up to his expectation, and uh, but um, yeah, definitely he uh, is unique, a unique character, that's for sure. Mm. And and a good man. You didn't have good any fun. many other coaches then that would would act that way. Um, they were quite. They're all different. Not, all of my rep coach the rep coaches were different, uh, but they were all really good rep coaches. I uh, I got lucky. Uh, probably the. The only one was my uh, all-time favourite player was uh, Tom Rodonikas, who was the most casual dude in the world. <laughs> now, he wasn't the best coach, but geez, we had a good, it was a great camp. <laughs> yeah, right. But uh, yeah, but but like, uh, I, I don't know if I'd want to have uh, any of those rep coaches uh, week in, week out. Right. But I think as rep coaches, they're fantastic. They just knew what to say, when to say, you know, when to give us a bit of free time, when to let us let us loose, but when to pull us together and say, you know, pull your heads in, guys, let's train hard, let's, you know, this is game on. So, uh, yeah, I think I'm, I was blessed with the coaches I had in the rep team. Yeah, right. Well, well, still talking about past grades, consider another scenario for me. If you could travel back through time, back to any game, what game do you really wish you'd seen? Wish I'd seen? Oh, there's a bunch. I, that 69 grand final would have been good. Yes. You know, that would have been great to watch. Mm. Um... um I suppose any I I love to go back and just watch, you know, the first couple of years of rugby league back in 08, yeah. 1908. Yeah, yeah. Just see, just honestly, you know, it's hard in the black and white. Uh, even like when TV started in the like what is the forties or fifties, mm. the black and white footage is it's hard to get that feeling of it, you know. And plus, it's in that fast motion where it kind of looks like everyone's like <laughs> it's you know, running a thousand kilometers <laughs> an hour. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, everyone's a stall gift sprinter. It's like. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I know. I'd love to go back and just jump in the crowd, and the crowd, they're all wearing suits, and yeah. uh, I love it. I Throwing their hats it. in the air. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah be cool. I'm watching a, a series on uh, Netflix at the moment, Peaky Blinders, yes. and it's set in nine, 1919. Mm. It's just amazing. Just I love that, the setting, just to, to think about the old times and just how it was like, the dirt roads, the uh, you know, one car on the road, that's, he's a rich dude who can drive a car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's only two cars in the world. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm reading a book at the moment about Daily Messenger, and it's I mean, it's exactly that time, and it's incredible to think. Um, I would love to have seen him pot any of those goals or any of the any of the tries that they're talking about. It just seems so magical, and even something as simple as he, he's looking at the rule book and sees that a knock on is constituted when it touches the ground. So he's just about to get tackled, and he just handballs the ball over everyone's head and collects it and keeps going, and the crowd goes wild. You know, I'd love to be around with those kind of moments. You're right; it's magical. And that, and that's why they outlawed that play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not allowed anymore. You can't do that anymore. No. But that's but I love think people like Daily Messenger being around and you know kind of inventing the game in front of us, you know, by working out what, what he can still do before he gets pulled up. 
Yeah, and you love to see how they compare to the, the modern day yeah. play because obviously they're the best of their time. So mm. obviously the different training techniques, different probably body shapes and fitness levels, but uh, still at that time were the fittest and strongest mm. there was. Uh, now, the other time that I would go back to, though, was game three of the 96 Origin Series. And uh, I, I mean, I do that so I could call out to Brett Mullins to get ready for your incredible over-the-shoulder pass that he could catch then instead of him bumbling it into touch. Um, but that was another New South Wales team that was absolutely stacked. So many ledgers running around. And then Queensland, right at the end, thinking that they'd won in the death and then them being called offside was so delicious. I would relish that part of the game. But um, you were Simbin in that game. I saw, I read. Yeah, you know what? I, I, I can't remember it. <laughs> I, really? I tried to actually, I tried to find it. I know that question came up. I tried yeah. to find it and have a look at it. But all I remember about that series was how horribly we lost the series before with a great team against a not so good yeah. Queensland team, 3 yeah. 0 in 95. Mm. And just to, to come back in 96 and win with all 18 players, or 17 players, the same 17 for the whole series was amazing. Yeah. Like, Jim Dimmick would have, wouldn't have played the last game if we had not been winning 2 0 in the series. Right. But he, but he came on and played 20 minutes like on, on a busted leg. Like It was just amazing to, uh, to play the same 17 guys in all three origins and win 3 0. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. And was Pierce... But I don't remember getting. Because I seen him, was I? Yeah, well, I mean, that. I only read it. I tried to watch. I watched a 15 minutes highlight of the thing. They didn't put it in there. So I don't. I mean, I don't remember you ever being Simbin in your career. Did that happen very often? Uh, a couple of times been Simbin, but I, I don't remember being Simbin in Origin. But uh, you know what? Um, I might have. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't on Wikipedia. This was on um, on the Rugby League Project. So I'm gonna believe that, that, okay. that website's pretty accurate. But anyway, uh, I mean, is it mainly just head high stuff, or I mean, you're not doing anything? Simbin, I yeah. might have been. Oh, threw a punch. I could have been professional foul. No, I could have been professional foul. I'd say, like with Origin, normally, like. The sin bin would be maybe me holding them down too long. Yeah, they, yeah. And they've it, obviously made a break and they're right near our line and yeah. we've got no players back there to defend. It'd be more something like that, I'd say. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to more positive times. Uh, what would you say is your greatest rugby league memory? Oh, I, you know what? I, I don't have one. I, I have a couple. Uh, we got time. You know, Rash, it, go for it. Well, it's only quick. Obviously, 89 grand final, amazing. Still at school. Dream come true. Wanted to play... Uh, happy to play grade that year. I'm playing, yeah. you know, eight <laughs> lower grade games and play first grade in, in the grand final. So yes, um, 92 World Cup. What a what a what a run! Like to mm. get picked in that, and then I played lead up games, and uh, it was me against Brad Godden, and uh, I got the nod. And then you now, besides the first drop ball where I was absolutely trapping myself <laughs> uh, in the first five minutes, the bomb went up, and I couldn't. I just I've never been scared of a ball before. And that yeah. ball, I didn't want. To, I didn't want to come down. So just leave it in the air. Really? Missed it. Yeah, they, they got the penalty <laughs> goal. But then, then I had a great game. I, I, I took a bunch of kicks under pressure in the last five minutes to uh, hold them off. And yeah, I loved it. Just uh, and obviously being picked in New South Wales. Mm. And that first half of football, when I came off the bench, it was probably the best half of football of my life. And that's what set up the opportunity to play the rest of the Origins and that '92 World Cup. So, yeah, yeah, right. amazing. Now, yeah. just quickly take me back into the psychology of a player. So you, you, you're seeing that ball going up. You're in that moment going, holy shit, this is not, like, I'm not comfortable. And, and you make that mistake. How, what do you then do mentally to make sure that doesn't happen again? Like, you just said you got an excellent rest of the game. How? How do you turn that no, around? I just, no, I just needed that. It switched me on. Yeah, but, right. You know, I've always been a confident guy, but, uh, um, you know, I, it wasn't so much the kick going up. It was before that. I saw the, I saw the halfback there. It was Andy Gregory. 
I saw him get the ball, and I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> I knew it was going up. Yeah, right. And uh, so I kind of talked myself out of it. And then when I dropped it, luckily Stephen Newth jumped on it. He was in front of me. They got a penalty. But that was just my kick up the butt, right. saying, you know what? It's a game of footy. Mm. And that's why in Origin, I, I used to always, in that first um, set, I'd take a run from number half or I'd make, go and make a tackle. I'd come, I, I wanted to get in the game straight away. Right. Nothing worse than sitting back there, first five minutes goes by, you haven't touched the ball, you haven't made a tackle. Right. You need, you need to get in the game. Once you get in the game, you realise it's just a game of footy. I'm good at footy. This is what I do. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I made that my uh, motto from then on in the big games where you get a bit nervous, and everyone gets nervous, is that you've got to get involved early. Right, okay. Okay. Well, I mean, like me, most fans don't ever get to play, so our favourite memories are of watching people do great things. Why do people love this game so much, do you think? Oh, I think it's, it's yeah, I suppose it goes from way back, you know. It's a bit like, you know, the AFL is, the Victorians, and I think we've grown up on it. We've, we've become passionate, uh, you know, especially, you know, Queensland. I, I found early on, going up to Queensland, I loved playing up there because the crowd was so vo- vocal and passionate. Mm. Um, everyone had, a, you know, everyone had a team in Queensland, like like the Victorians. Mm. And uh, now, and now it's, I suppose, the western part of Sydney especially is, is massive in a football. I think it's just... It's bred into you. I think your parents get into it. I know I got into it through my uncle being part of Western Suburbs. Right. Um, and it just becomes a passion. And uh, for, for a player, to be a player, when you have crowd and, and uh, that are passionate and vocal, mm. there's nothing better. Nothing, nothing worse. A couple of times when I played with South, at, when ANZ first opened up, yeah. and, we, and we had a crowd of 2,500 people, and yeah. you could hear. That's all you <laughs> It was actually horrible to play. Yeah, wow. But it just, it just made you realise how good it was to play with a crowd, and a, a very vocal and passionate crowd. So, uh, you know, I, I think it's just instilled in us now. And uh, rugby league, of course, it's a tough game too. You know, it, it's a hard man's game. Yeah. And, and the ladies are playing now. So I, I'm actually – I get scared watching the ladies play because I, I think – I don't want – a couple of those girls could, like, town me up. Yeah, for sure. So uh, it, it's a tough game, and I think that's why uh, you know, people love it so much. Yeah. And not everyone can play. That's the old thing. It's like watching me say about golf. Yeah. We can't, we can't all do that. Yeah. So that's why you, you get an appreciation, and that's why you, you know, you're applaud and want to be such a fan of uh, these guys doing something you, you, know, you love to do but you can't do. Okay. So then how – finally, why do you love rugby league then? I mean, all of that makes sense. That You're, you're d- directly speaking to me. I can't play it. No, no matter how hard I try, it was always horrible, and I, I love it to death. <laughs> and and you're you're right. Like I can't look. Most of these people are, are loving it so much because they it's something that they cannot do, and they respect and admire all the people who can not only do it but do it really well. So then, why does someone who can do it so well love rugby league? How why, how's it kept you playing it for over ten years? Oh, because you love it. Like the bottom line is, you would oh, you played as a kid because you loved it. I, you know, I, I loved it from a very early age. Like I said, my uncle got me into it. it was on t- that was the only thing on TV. Yeah, I remember we used to have the Wednesday night game, mid-season game, and you had the weekend, you had the ABC game and a Sunday game. That's it. And I just I used to live for that. And um, you know, I remember my brother used to play on our knees in the in the lounge room. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. You know, just smash each other up. So uh, it was uh, just something. It was your life. So right. we would have played. And you, you ask any footballer, you would have played. Even if you weren't getting paid, right? You know, if you know, if I didn't make first grade, and, and I would have played anyway, I would have gone and played club footy and or, mm. or A grade somewhere. It wouldn't have mattered. Uh, it's just something I love to do. Yeah, right. Okay. 
That, I mean, it makes sense. And you were so great at it. I'm so glad you did it. So thank you so much for doing that. And, uh, and thanks so much for your time as well today, Tim. Any other additional comments before you go? Well, let's just hope the Blues win tonight, huh? Yeah. What's the scoreline <laughs> you're predicting? Oh, I think it's going to be close, but I, I, I don't mind our back line. I just think, um, I just think the, the, the changes they've made, I, I think I would have kept Latrell. Yeah. Now, he, he is an absolute superstar. Yes, he had an off game. Um, maybe tell him about it and give him another chance. You know, that's what you do to these superstars. But uh, I like having the, the halves combination together. It would have been good to see Mitchell get a run again. I think he's been playing great football and was the in-form half. Right. But uh, I think having those two from the same club, I think, and they've been going well of late. Yeah. Uh, that'll help. Um, but I don't think it'll be it'll be like every other origin. I, I don't think it's going to be too much in it. Um, I just think as long as we can defend a bit better than we did in the first half, especially down that left side, mm. Queensland has had a shot down the left side, mm. our left side defence. So if they can clean that up, which I think they will, I think we'll, uh, we're a good chance. But um, like I said, origins are tough. Origins are hard. It's a flip of the coin most of the time. Yeah. What about, just quickly before you go, thinking just about as a, as a fullback expert, Ponga or Tedesco? Who, who do you like as the better fullback? Oh, that's a hard one. They're both great players. Yeah. Um, I, I think right now, um, Tedesco, but I think Pong is going to be an absolute superstar. Mm. So uh, I think, you know, uh, for mine, for someone who is safe and is going to do the job well and uh, and be there, I think Tedesco. But I think, you know, two years from now, I think Pong is going to be, you know, chasing after Billy Slater. Yeah, wow. Okay. There you go. As long as I keep him at fullback, don't try and put him at five eight again. That yeah, that was yeah. No, I know what you mean. Uh, I mean, yeah. it worked for Lockyer, but you know, Lockyer, I reckon Lockyer was a five eight, probably better than a fullback. Whereas uh, <laughs> I think Pong is a, a, an out now fullback. Right. He needs he needs that room, that vision. He's got the vision. Yeah. Right. And the speed, the 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 passes, <laughs> and everything else. Yes. Yeah. He's electric. <laughs> yeah. Um, Absolutely. Well, this is an absolute pleasure, sir. And and, uh, and again, I uh, thank you so much for your time and, and all the communication you've done with me over LinkedIn. Um, I sincerely hope you now don't have a rush of um, people doing that. We only have three or four people listening. One of them is my dad and one of them is Mercho's dad. So I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure they might actually uh, hit you up because they're massive Tigers fans. But um, uh, I'd also like to thank Mercho, our wonderful producer. Uh, and I'll encourage everyone to enjoy their sport for another week. And do us a favor, watch Tim Brash's highlights on YouTube. And uh, talk to you then, sports best friends. Mm-hmm.